0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Penny C., and I am a recovered compulsive Overeater from the Boston area. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 10. We are starting with the paragraph that starts with, he talked for hours. We're going to read two paragraphs, ending with, came back again, and we will be commenting on both paragraphs. The reference numbers for yesterday are, that was Tuesday, October 6th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 15,488, 15488. The 10 o'clock Eastern Time Reference Number, 15,489, 15489. Our fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm now going to ask Layer L, to read the 12 steps for us.
1: Hi, my name is Leah L. I'm calling from New York City, currently in Florida. Thanks for letting me do service. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two,
0: We're going to have the 12 Traditions read by Sam S. Good morning, Sam.
2: Good morning, Penny. Thank you for your service. Sam S., Compulsive Overeater from Rhode Island. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern ever reminding us to place principles before personalities.
0: Thank you. Thank you, CMS.
2: And this is how our meeting works. Our
0: meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic. and literature, we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1, which will unmute you. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 again to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in Bill's story on page 10, the first paragraph he talked for hours, and we're going to read through two paragraphs, ending with "Came back again." And in order to do that, Julie R is going to read for us. Good morning, Julie.:
3: Hi, good morning. This is Julie R recovered compulsive overeater from California, but currently in Morristown, New Jersey. He talked for hours, childhood memories for before me. I could almost hear the sound of the preacher's voice as i sat on still sundays way over there on the hillside there was that preferred temperance pledge i never signed my grandfather's good nature's contempt of some church fold and their doings his insistence that the spheres really had their music but his denial of the preacher's right to tell him how he must listen his fearlessness as he spoke of these things just before he died These recollections swelled up from the past. They made me swallow hard. That wartime day in Old Winchester Cathedral came back. Oh boy, you know that really um, touches my heart because you know I was like Bill's father, uh, grandfather, was forced to go to you know church as a child, and um, I didn't want to be there and I didn't want to listen. But yet, you know, when the priest would walk down the aisle. And the the smell and the fragrance of the incense and the music that would seem to just follow his walk, I would tear up, and I didn't know why. And later on, when I um, developed my own spirituality, I started practicing, you know, Native American, which is my heritage, which included, you know, burning sage and drumming and giving thanks, et cetera. And I understood my heart and my soul you know, like it says what the spheres really had their music and it's like, what did that mean? So I had looked that up years ago and it's um, an ancient philosophical concept about, you know, how movement with celestial bodies, right? The sun, the moon and the planets. And it's like, it just made so much more sense to me. And it's like my early childhood, I just couldn't handle being there except for the music. There's something that touched my soul and i went back to that and music today is something that moves me and i listen to a wide variety of music but spirit there's certain spiritual you know music that will just take me right to god and i've been lucky enough you know through my work that i've traveled to europe several times and i always try to find the oldest church and it's like when i walk in the church it's like I can feel the power of my creator instantly and I'll automatically start to tear up. Um, you know, of course, you know, we always, you know, the food is down, right? I got to have that that black and white abstinence because if I don't, then I'm not going to be able to do that. And, you know, when I've been in relapse, the music doesn't touch my soul like it does. And when um, those of you who haven't heard me um, long, very much, um, I was in relapse and I've got, I don't know, 10 months of abstinence. And um, And it was like instantly the music started coming back to me. It's like as I awaken spiritually, life will open up to me more and more. And like Bill, you know, when he was sitting there and he was thinking about that, and he teared up, it was coming back to him because he wasn't drinking. He was clean. When we're clean, we can hear God's voice. So um, with that, I will pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Julia. And thank you for letting us know where you um, where you're from, so that people can identify you on the member list. I'm going to ask everyone who shares to try to remember to do that. Okay, so we are ready to take more names as soon as I um, make a couple of announcements. First, would everybody check in uh, Star One and be sure you're unmuted? That would be very helpful. Okay. So um we value everybody's uh share as okay, we need everybody to check that they're unmuted or muted rather. Okay. Um, so if you've shared in the last two days uh the and so that's Monday or Tuesday, we ask you just to hold back so that other people especially new to the meeting can uh, share Uh, also again um, a reminder that we share for approximately three minutes and I will be timing so who would like to share
4: Rowena Kay who is this please Rowena Kay Irene
5: B Lisa B Laura
6: L. Johan N. Is it Laura? Yes.
0: Laura L? Yes. Okay. Johan N. Johan N.
7: Did you you get Lisa B?
0: (laughs) I got Lisa, yep. And I I have Irene B, but I didn't get the first person. Um, Let me go back and see who the first person was that I didn't understand all right, so this is who I have irene b lisa b laura Laura l and johan n okay, I'm going to start with those folks, and then we'll we'll take another group irene B will you begin for us, and you'll be followed by Lisa?
4: Good morning, Penny. This is Irene B. from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Thank you so much for your service. Um, This passage, I'm glad that, um, that we do one paragraph at a time because I meditated on it. And life is so fast that we forget where we came from. And as he sat there, as Bill sat there um, listening to this guy, it just enabled him to get connected to all of him. And the things from the past started coming back to him. And I, when I went into my eating disorder, they, we say that this is progressive. The more I went into the eating disorder, the less present I was. And the more I focused on nothing more than doing what I wanted to do, what I felt compelled to do, what I needed to do. And, um, in here, it says that he, uh, there was that proper temperance pledge. I never signed. He had been warned that alcohol was no good, and his grandfather was dry, dying from alcoholism. And of course, when I was in my eating disorder, I never looked at the consequences of what was this, of what this was doing to me. Instead, I focused on what you know. How could I make sure that I could continue on? And everything else was totally irrelevant and non-existent in my in my obsession-focused world. And here's this guy. He's being forced to look back and to sit. And things are coming back to him. There was a time when he wasn't sick. There was a time... When there was something different, something that he walked away from, he walked away from that world that was presented to him, just like the grandfather had. And I'm just very grateful that he wrote this book for us so that we can walk back towards the world that offers us life instead of going to the world that offers us death. And with that, I
0: pass. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Irene B. And now Lisa with an E.
8: Uh, Thank you so much, Penny, for your service and for everyone that's here. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, This is such a powerful paragraph. It says, he talked for hours. And that reminds me in the big book where it says, Recovery begins when one alcoholic shares with another. You know, I start with where I am right in that moment. And that that's what happened to me when I started hearing recovered voices. And when I received outreach calls after I introduced myself as a newcomer and the person that was to become my sponsor, I was drawn in to this person over the phone. Um, We talked for hours over a span of weeks before she she actually started sponsoring me. you know, I love to say to people it 's not too good to be true if I take everything literally in this book, not not figuratively and think, "Oh, it worked for them, that was that time period, or those were hopeless alcoholics, but apply it to myself as a compulsive overeater that i it is alcoholism, it is alcoholism, but it 's with food, and that it's a it 's a horrible illness it 's a spiritual dying first, and then I die in my mind through it could be you know, mental illness that happens as a result of this this disease of compulsive overeating. And then eventually my body will give out. But there's so much here. I love his grandfather and his grandfather saying that the spheres have their music and no one is going to tell me how to hear that music. I really love that. And I had that same attitude as a child growing up. I didn't want to be told how I should believe in in a power greater than myself I would see it in the treetops you know and I would hear it in the wind and I felt that peace outside in nature and I would go into the church that was behind our house and sit there in the peace and quiet and I knew I knew that there was there was something else and you know as I grew up I wanted to be my own boss I wanted to just run the show I wanted to be separate from that power and I wanted to dominate and control and I've learned as a compulsive overeater as an alcoholic the way I'm wired is I need to be aligned with this higher power. And the more I fight it, it's just going to, I'm not going to win. Just like with the food, I'm not going to win. The sooner I can surrender, you know, the peace is going to be there and I can actually have a happier life than I ever could have imagined. So with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Lisa B. And next we have Laura L., and She'll be followed by Joanne.
1: Hi, my name
5: is Laura uh, L. I'm from Pennsylvania. A compulsive overeater. Um, I definitely can relate uh, to Abby here, 12-stepping Bill, um, the talking for hours, um, you know, with my sponsor or how you all 12-step me um, during the meetings. Um, you know, to me it was music to my ears. Um, you know, where childhood memories flooded and recollections of the past when I got to an OA meeting and hear and heard that you guys you know, threw things out in the garbage, went back and ate them and and got them out. I mean, that to me was like so magnificent. I've I've never heard anything that was that brought such great comfort to me. Um, The same thing, you know, with even my husband, you know, eating my husband's food for work, you know, his work lunch and then eating the whole thing for a whole week in one sitting and then going to the store, replacing it and coming back and eating it again and having to decide whether to go to the store, come back or replace it or just tell him that it fell on the floor, you know. And so when you guys shared that all with me, and I heard you guys share the same thing. It just restored a little bit of my dignity, you know, and it started to suck out that poison in my soul that I thought I was so sick and was the only one that had it. Because um, when you guys shared about your disease, you're not sharing at me. You know, my, my ego defense would go down. Um, and I could hear the truth about myself through you guys, through your disease. I couldn't hear it through anyone else, but I could hear it through you because um, I just can't see myself by looking at myself um, you know, and my psychiatrist and whoever else, they always tried to get me to see the truth about myself, but they just didn't have the depth or the weight. Um, and they couldn't see it. And honestly, you know, trying to treat my compulsive reading with, with therapy or or medic, I wish it worked. I wish any of those things worked, but it was like going to a gunfight with a pocket knife, you know, compulsive reading is just too efficient. It doesn't work. You know, it's too cunning, powerful and baffling. And I wish that worked for me because I wouldn't have to do half the stuff I do today. Um, and I'm really clear about self and, you know, self doesn't want me joined to you, you know, and it's really interested in things that separate me, separate me from you. Um, but when I see myself in you and your disease, my separation from you and from God and from myself starts to dissolve. And that's the amazing thing about this 12-step and being 12-stepped. And compulsory reading for me is a byproduct of selfishness. But when I started working with other people, I started to lose my connection with self. And I was told that the 12-step is like a, a weapon that you're constructing, that you'll use against yourself. It's like a boomerang. So when all else fails, when the meetings suck, when I can't hear my sponsor and the prayers aren't working and the big book feels empty and the slogans are stupid, Working with others will always help, like with was already shared, when all else fails. When my stupid luxury problems, they're just not even solved by working with you. They just disappear, and I don't know how that happens. Um, and I was told that if you're not helping others, that you are tying God's hands, that, God's, that God cannot help you. And the truth is, is that I need to help more than these people that I'm helping need to help. And I couldn't believe you guys wanted me to help others because I was so screwed up. And the last thing I'll share is that, I can't keep anything unless I give it all away and I need to empty out of myself to fill up again because otherwise I will fill up again with myself and I'll eat again. So thank you for letting me share and I pass.
0: Thank you, Laura L. And next we have Joan, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. N.
6: Hi, good morning. Uh, yes, that's, that's correct. Uh, my name is Joanne N., and like in Nancy, and uh, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, uh, calling from Falun in Sweden. Thank you so much for the service and for the share so far. It's been beautiful. And this is a beautiful paragraph. It reminds me of my first meeting with my first sponsor, and when I first came to the rooms. Uh, when I first came to the rooms, I was really beaten to a pulp, uh, almost literally, and um, uh, I really had a first step experience. And when I started working the steps in, in Big Book, I, I could read about uh, the first step in Big Book and really see what uh, what it was all about, what, uh, what the disease was and what I was up against. Uh, and it was beautiful. But uh, I had problems when I came to step two. And uh, I can really relate to Bill here uh, saying uh, they made me swallow hard. That's really what I did when I came to step two, because I've been all my life. I've been, uh, I've seen myself as a stone cold militant atheist. And uh, I had problems with accepting a higher power of oh God. Uh, but my first sponsor made it really easy for me. He, he said, can you, are you willing to believe that a higher power has helped me to recover? And, uh, I could I could accept that and I could believe that, and soon after that I was at step 3 doing my first step prayer and in all this I started to pray and I started to get faith in this and I started to get faith in the steps and the program and, and in a higher power and uh, through working the steps really quickly uh, things really started to happen and uh, I started to, to get recovery and uh, I recovered which uh which was uh and which is a, a a real miracle. Um and today I I I work step 10 11 and 12 to the best of my ability one day at a time to stay recovered. Um I'm recovered not cured and I need to do every day uh uh step 10 11 and 12 to 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 stay in the program and to stay recovered. But I'm so grateful for this program, so grateful for sponsorship, for my sponsor here in Avisian, for uh, the sponsors that I get to uh, uh, go through the program with, and uh, and for for having a connection with my higher power today. And what was, from to begin with, willingness and faith has today changed the certainty of God. Uh, I'm not an atheist anymore Uh, I'm not an agnostic anymore today I'm a firm believer in this and and uh, so so that I'll I'll, uh, I'll pass thank you so much thank you
0: thank you Johan and just a reminder before we take more names that
9: we're on page 10
0: Let me see, star one, please. Well, that's a good idea. I didn't know I was muted. (laughs) Okay. I was just reminded. Thank you for that reminder. I was just reminding everybody that we are on page 10 in Bill's story uh, with the paragraph that starts. He talked for hours. We're reading through two paragraphs and commenting on both of those paragraphs. And I'm ready to take more people who would like to share. Who would like to do that?
10: Rowena K.
0: Someone K. Rowena? Yes. Okay, Rowena?
4: Roz G.
0: Roz G. Okay, how about anybody who has... Who's um, maybe never shared. Maybe been here for um, visioned for you for some John time. C. Ron.
9: John. John C.
0: John C. Good morning, John. Okay, I can take a few more. Okay, let's just go with those then, so we won't. Tom A. Oh, Tom A. Okay. Christine M. Christine M. One more, Jennifer C. Jennifer C. Okay, that's it. It's a good lineup. So here's who I have: I have Rowena K. Raz G. John C. Tom A. Christine M. And Jennifer C. We'll start with you, Rowena. Good morning.
11: Hi Penny. Uh, it's Rowena K. From the United Kingdom. Uh, thanks for letting me share. Um, so I guess if I relate to this paragraph, I have to say that, um, you know, my 12 steps have, have talked for years to me rather than hours, because I think Bill had a very quick spiritual awakening, but mine has taken it has taken years and it's been so slow that it, it, you know, I haven't really even noticed the difference in myself. Um, but there is a difference, and um, and the difference is I'm not binging. I'm not, I'm not binging today, um, and I'm recovering. Um, yeah, so I guess my uh, spiritual awakening um, was the reason it took so long because I is is because I was in a fog with the food, um, and that was the, you know that's only changed quite recently. Um, and, and then I had to look at my mental obsession, um, and, um, yeah, I guess, um, that's really all I wanted to share and, and just to, to be heard. So thank you. I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Rowena Cave. And now Raz G and you'll be followed by John C. <laughs>
12: Hi, this is Roz. Was I next, Penny? Yes, I just okay. called you. I, I thank was, you. Yeah, I was unmuting, so I couldn't. It was blocked, but anyway. Good morning. My name is Roz G, and I'm a, a recovered compulsive overeater from Palmdale, California. <clears throat> Somebody's unmuted with a chiming sound. Please. Um, you know, I'd like to say that. Um, this this paragraph reminds me of what Bill says about how um, remember what try to see where religious people are right because over the years I've heard so many people um, you know talk about that they came from the Catholic Church and um, that they served that that you know their God was a punishing God and. Um, the same with some Jewish ways, you know, that about the Sabbath and not being able to practice or live on or being, you know, hit over the head with God if you ride your bike on a Saturday. Um, and the Catholics had something about eating meat on Fridays, you know, you, you have your fillet of fish on Fridays with no meat, you know. Um, but the big book says, look to see where religious people are right. You know, all those things are. Are things that the people did, and so I judged my my anger my anger at God was um, because of what people did. My real resentments and angst and bad feelings came towards the Independent Fundamental Baptists. That's where mine came from. I was raised in the Catholic Church, but I didn't have any bad memories about that. Mine was from the Baptists, but. What I learned was those people were just being peop- they were just doing what they learned, and they were following each other and so there's a big difference in spirituality when I sit in quiet meditation and I hear uh the God of my understanding's voice, it's kind, considerate, caring, compassionate, open, and has a sense of humor and that gives me permission to go back and have memories about my childhood. And 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 I can actually laugh at some of the, the things that I did. You know, when I sat in the Catholic Church as a little kid, the rule was you never turn your head to the, to the back. You never turn around in the church. You always face the front. And my mother would, like, give me dirty looks if I turned around or if I laughed. Those things bring a smile to my face. I'm grateful for those memories. I'm grateful for all the things that my parents, you know, did and took me to because those were, they they tried to bring me up in a religious church. They tried to give me a religious education. They did the best they could. Human beings are going to make a mistake. And when I sit in quiet meditation and get in touch and, and the food is put down and my mind is clear and then I'm not blocked off from God. And I can hear a, uh, the truth. And I've been the praying. I Thank you. The set-aside prayer asks me to set everything I think I know about all that stuff and opens me up to a whole new understanding of God. With that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And now we have John C., and he'll be followed by Tom A. Good morning, John.
9: John C., are you there? John C. from uh, Compulsive Overeater from New Jersey. Sorry, I didn't realize I wasn't unmuted. Um, So the last young lady that spoke uh, just kind of got, took part of what I was going to say, but uh, I was thinking when we were reading that... uh, you know, before, uh, program, I, um, anytime I went to church, I always looked for reasons to, uh, knock it and look for what was wrong with it. And, uh, what, you know, the result was, is I just stopped believing in what I was raised to believe in and, and I didn't really, uh, you know, want to, but, uh. So I I had a prejudice, uh, kind of like the uh, spiritual experience, you know, keep a man in everlasting ignorance, contempt prior to investigation. And I never really gave it much of a shot. But when I came into the program and I was desperate enough, you know, somebody uh, suggested that I pray and I told them I don't believe. And they said, well, uh, you know, uh, how's it working for you the way you've been doing it? And why don't you just try it? And, uh, you know, so I started to pray in a God that I didn't believe in. And uh, what started to happen was all these little miracles and all these uh, things that needed to happen for me to get abstinence uh, started to happen. And uh, and I came to believe that way. That's, that's kind of how I came to believe, just by following, you know, what I thought was stupid suggestions and uh i too was going to share that uh, you know and and it's i in our literature it's in several places to be mindful and listen to what religious people have to say because they have some good things you know and the and the other point was uh the oxford group uh he belonged to was was a religious organization and he went to bill and he helped bill get sober and the sick steps were very similar to the 12 steps, they're just kind of expanded on and, and uh, separated into a couple of different steps to make it 12. So, you know, I need not have such a closed mind, I guess is what I'm saying. That's all I got. Thank you.
0: Thank you, John C. And now we have Tom A., and she's, he's going to be followed by Christine M. Good morning, Tom.
13: Good morning. Uh, thanks for your service and for the meeting, uh, Tom A. from Maryland. Uh, yeah, I uh, guess this brings back a couple of different memories or thoughts to me, uh, this paragraph, a couple of paragraphs. Uh, uh, the the part about uh, early childhood and spiritual beliefs, uh, I uh, used to sit in churches and feel great peace. I did, didn't feel peace anywhere else, really. Uh, Very much. Uh, I felt peace when I was by myself reading a book and when I was sitting in a church. Other than that, life seemed kind of chaotic and scary to me. And food became an answer at a very young age. I drank chocolate syrup out of the can uh, as soon as I could reach the counter and ate raw sugar. And so, in any question, I belong here and that I have a, a physical compulsion and mental. Allergy of, with, with obsession with food. And I ended up, because I was in, felt that safety, I ended up going to the seminary for eight years in high school and college. And I basically ate and then ate and drank my way through there. And it wasn't a safe place, although I still felt safe with my higher power. So I, I never... Uh, felt like I was angry at the higher power. I was, I became angry at the institution, as other people have said. And when I left, I decided I I really would have nothing to do with church until I died. And maybe I'd have a deathbed conversion if I was lucky. And when I came to OA and to another uh, AA as well, I heard over and over again that we got the freedom to make our own peace with our own God in our own time. There's one guy who said that over and over again and that was my own experience i, I had a sponsor when i first came who like ebby every other sentence he would say uh, my higher power did this and my higher power did that he'd weighed 400 pounds and when i met him he weighed 160 so he was very grateful he used to uh, ride a motorcycle weighing 400 pounds and was a radio disc jockey with a real character and all i could talk about was the higher power And I didn't want to hear any of it, but it didn't drive me away. Uh, I just ignored it. And I went on a retreat, an OA retreat, and I sat in a chapel, and I realized that fighting with the higher power was crazy. And it's this gradual spiritual awakening that if we keep coming back, the miracles happen. If we work these steps, the miracle happens. And uh, I'm just grateful for that, for the path. And I I started meditating 20 minutes a day about – Three years ago, and it profoundly changed my life. I've been in OA for 40 years, and I had for 37 of them, I could sit for maybe five minutes, two minutes. But I, someone challenged me to try 20 minutes, and so I, I did that, and it allowed me to get abstinent in a way I've not been abstinent. It allowed me to to uh, love in deeper ways. So these. 12 steps, each one of them gives me a gift. I just have to keep coming back and be open to the gift. Thanks for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Tom A. And now we have Christine M., and she's
7: going to be followed by Jennifer. Good morning, Christine. Good morning, everybody. This is Christine M. calling in from Rich, New York, compulsive overeating. Uh, I am... Thankful every day to hear these readings, that happen here. When I sit and read this paragraph, and it's almost as Evie is talking to me. And when we talk about there was that proffered temperance pledge I never signed. I remember going to church. I was sent there to get the bulletin and go home and report back to what was happening. And I remember being very angry about that when I was a kid. I was being forced to do something I wouldn't do. But today, um, having that proper temperance, and I realized up until I came into Overeaters and I joined this beautiful Fellowship that I held out. I was holding out exactly what proffered temperance means holding out on connecting to that God I was learning about um, in service. And although today my higher power is much different, it brought me into a place of spirituality where today I'm very new working on my abstinence, but being willing to. Work with my um, fellowship here has brought me to a much beautiful pl- to a beautiful place that I haven't been in in many years, and I'm taking it one day at a time. And the challenges of life um, have been difficult, and I remember going through this so many times alone. And when I read this one sentence. But his denial of the preacher's right to tell him how he must listen. His fearlessness as he spoke of these things just before he died. I remember my grandmother. um, We would talk about the church people. And we would be judging, 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 judging. Today, learning from this paragraph and myself, my higher power, my fellows, I realize that we're all struggling And luckily, we're here in this moment, learning from each other how we can live a much healthier life and spiritual connection to our higher power, whatever that might be. And giving ourselves um, a more beautiful understanding of how we can live with serenity in our lives and become abstinent. I'm very thankful. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Christine M. And now we have Jennifer C.
2: Good
7: morning. This is Jennifer C. from Greenville, South Carolina,
14: recovered and very grateful. Um, You know, reading this paragraph just puts in perspective for me, you know, the fact that this disease literally backs me into a corner. Um, You know, I'm beaten into a place of surrender. I'm literally forced To make a decision, like page 53 says, you know, the proposition that either God is everything or God is nothing. Um, Bill was forced to revisit the reality of God's existence. At one point, you know, it was an insignificant topic. As long as he believed he could win at this game of life without divine help, he didn't need to face the condition of his own faith, right? So it's the alcoholic torture, like the doctor's opinion says. And that word torture means severe pain for the purpose of pleasure. So literally, my greatest source of pleasure and relief, which is the food, is also my greatest and most horrendous source of pain. And I have no power to do anything about it. Lack of power, right? That's my dilemma. I have no power to do anything about it. So I am literally backed into a corner and forced to ask myself if I'm willing to believe in this power. Bill had to be interested. He had to be or he was going to die. Right. So page 417 tells me that the very thing that was going to destroy me um, becomes the greatest gift to me because it literally forces me into this divine relationship, um, this defiance that used to define me. But uh, what can I get away with is replaced by reliance. Um, and so now it's what can you know, it went from what can I get away with to now how can I be of service? Um, This power recreates my life today and turns my compulsive eating into the greatest gift to me. Um, And so the thing that I resisted with every part of me, doing everything I could not to finally concede to the reality of having an alcoholic mind, right? I didn't want to believe that this was me, that this was my reality. And yet this very thing that I resisted for so long becomes the gateway into this new and beautiful reality, which is total dependence on God. So being the director was tiring. It was demoralizing. It was isolating. And today I get to live a much simpler life. Um, And the conditions are simply I work the steps and my father handles everything else. What a gift. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Jennifer C., and we have time for three more people, so I'm going to ask, um, please say it clearly so I don't miss you. Who would like to take those spots? Harlan G. Harlan? Annette S. Is it Emma?
15: <clears throat> Who is okay. that?
0: All right, that's that's all I can take. But who was after Holland? Annette S. I'm sorry, the timer went off. Who was it after Holland, please? Annette S. Oh, Annette. All right, and who else was uh, after after Holland before?
9: Okay, let's go with Harlan and then Annette, and then
0: we'll see what time we have. Good morning, Harlan.
9: Harlan, are you there?
15: Yes, I'm sorry. I was talking away. Penny, thanks for your service. Thanks. I'm talking away. There's a You've rabbit all been over there. there looking at me like, what? Okay. Anyway, Penny, please time me because I'm outdoors walking. Um, and thanks for your service. Harlan G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, and I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. Let's take a look at what's going on here. Bill has been listening to Ebby refuse drinks. He's been listening to Ebby tell him he's got religion. And his mind is going back to with Grandpa Griffith, not Grandpa Wilson, who's an alcoholic, but Grandpa Griffith taking him to church on Sunday mornings. And Grandpa Griffith was a real Vermonter. He didn't mind believing in God, but he'll be darned if he's going to have somebody tell him how to believe or what to believe. Grandpa Griffith was a real rebel. But anyway, Bill is thinking about this church thing, and he's thinking about the teachings of his grandfather. And the old wartime dig in Winchester Cathedral came back again, because Bill is, like most of us, struggling with this idea of a God-based solution. What did he see in Winchester Cathedral that was so important? He saw the grave of a guy named Thatcher who died from drinking beer. He didn't die because he was in battle. He drank himself to death. And Bill does not want to die drinking himself to death. And because he was in Winchester Cathedral, is it odd or is it God? And this had such an impact on Bill that this is the second time he's mentioning it. He does not want this fate. And because he doesn't want to die in the liquor... He is starting to change his prejudice. He's starting to lift his prejudice against this God-based solution. Can I relate to Bill? You bet I can. Do I relate to the way he thinks? Yes. I wanted the diet, the pill, the exercise. I wanted the discipline. I wanted something more Western in my thinking so that I could recover from this disease take the pill, get thin, become James Bond, get the girl and ride off into the sunset. But that's not what I got. I got a God-based solution that has to be worked at every day, harder and harder and harder. And so this day in Winchester Cathedral is starting to change Bill's resistance because he does not want to die drunk. And he saw that this guy died drunk. And so he's now, as we're going to see in the next few paragraphs, he's going to struggle with this idea of God. But he's eventually going to lower his defenses because he sees that the alternative is death. And that is what it is for me. Not, not that we're not all going to die. But when I'm in the food, I'm not living The saddest words of tongue or pen are these few words it might have been. And when I'm in the food, I'm wasting the precious life I've been given by God at birth. And this is what Bill is thinking, and this is what Bill is struggling with. That's time, Holland. read this paragraph. Okay, I'll shut up. (laughs) Thanks, Penny.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. That was Holland G. from Scottsdale, Arizona. And now we have... Annette S., and I believe from Vermont, is that right?
16: Yes, um, by way of uh, Brooklyn, New York City. The part about um, recollections welled up from my past, they made me swallow hard. The religion of my past was uh, very comforting when I was a child, and I just remember the ways of the lace, doilies body pinned to my head and the old men, all the men with their hats on the back pews and the beautiful music and how the priest didn't face us and everything was latin and all that is my is my catholic religion and it i had it as a child and then i moved away and then i had it again and i find it comforting but my problem is connecting with my higher power and seeing that same god in the catholic church as my as my higher power i i i'm sure it's the same one but i just can't make this connection and so i'm stuck at step 3 i i i don't know understand why i can't say i'll pray for something maybe i'm being Obstinate and resilient, and just don't want to accept that it's all the same thing. I I, I uh, think that if I could figure this part out, I could move on because I've gotten step one and two, and I'm just sort of, I'm just starting. But without the God part, I don't think I'll be able to get to three or move past three. And uh, this is something I struggle with, and I'm not really sure why. And I don't know. Maybe other people feel that same way, but I just wanted to get that out there and uh, thank everyone for for listening. And uh, with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Annette Annette S. And now we have two minutes. Um, so if someone is um, able to take just two minutes, please. Carrie uh, Kay. Kay? is it?
11: Suri Kay.
0: Suri Kay. Okay,
11: go ahead, please. Hi, it's Suri Kay, a compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Um I um about the religion. I, I came in I came in um I'm, I'm was born religious and I thought I like I, I I understood it and had to figure it figured out. But now I see that like the more like Harlan said before is it odd or is it God um, you know like I keep on finding like I'm so much more connected to spirituality and, and finding God in every single part of my life and it's it's really unbelievable and I am so so grateful um, every single day I learn more and more and um, um, I'm really I'm very amazed at this amazing program um, thank you. Okay. pass.
0: Thank you, Suri e. Kay. And with that, we're going to close. Um, so I want to thank everyone who shared today and everyone who helped put this meeting on for everyone. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for this meeting, for this? which... October seventh, twenty twenty is fifteen thousand four hundred and ninety eight. One five four nine eight. We're now gonna close with the reading from the big book on page one sixty four, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And we're gonna ask Wendy M to do that for us.
10: Good morning, this is Wendy M, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in North Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask Him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order